Well, if you were here last week, you know that we started a very special series that is titled Abide. And what this series is about is different ways that you and I can abide in Christ, which means how can we stay close? How can we stay connected? How can we truly make our home with Jesus? And so throughout this series, we're going to be talking about the different ways that we can do that, the different habits and spiritual practices that we can walk in to truly stay connected and see fruit bear out in our lives as a result of that. And so today we have a very special speaker. If you've been around here, you certainly know who this is. This is a spirit-filled woman who uh, currently helps lead our prayer ministry team. She is truly a leader, truly somebody who abides in Christ. And so we get to learn from her this morning. So if you could give a warm welcome to Kathy Pemberton. Come on up. Wow. I don't know about you, but after the video, the worship, and this song, I don't really need to preach. <laughs> it is an honor and a blessing and a privilege to be here this morning. And this is a first for me. I've never been online before, so I'm very excited. <laughs> um, may I have a stand, please? Thank you. Stand. Thank you. How's everybody doing? Very good. Thank good. You. Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm doing wonderfully, thank you. <laughs> oh, God is so good, isn't he? Yeah. Let's just get this sorted. There we go. As I said, it's an honor and it's a privilege to be here this morning. So thank you, pastors, for your very kind words. The subject of prayer is vast. And I could certainly take up an entire series just on the teachings of this. And while I don't have all the answers, I can say that in the last 10 years in particular, God has taught me a lot about this topic and taken me deeper in my own personal prayer life and in the confidence that I have in him and in his word. Uh, it's taken me deeper with my prayer life and as I've matured, it's been so helpful. I want to tell you that the Bible... God's word to us is 100% reliable. And there are scriptures in his word. It's like the guidebook, if you like, for life. You've heard that before. There's something for every single situation you face in life, whether it's about you personally, about your life, about your loved ones. There are resources in his word that we can apply and there are also wonderful resources available to us, both in the written form and online these days, uh, that really help us, that build us up. Now, there's a lot to impart, and I'm going to do my best to be succinct, and yet I want to very much do justice to this aspect of our Christian life. So may I encourage you, right off the bat, to dig deeper into this for yourself, because prayer is a way of life for the Christian. It's wonderful. As I've prayed about what the Lord wants me to share about in particular with you this morning, and in respecting that each of us has our own personal approach to prayer, and we are all at different levels of understanding and participation, I believe that the process of learning to truly abide in him, which, as we've heard and as we know, is the theme for our current series, that Father God today wants us to not only be informed and be offered practical strategies for prayer, 
but that we can receive encouragement, we can be freshly edified and built up to increase our confidence in him and in the power of his word to use it in our prayers and in our decrees. More of that later. Most importantly, to know the authority that we have as who we are in Christ and how that actually impacts our prayers. I hope that what is imparted will energize you, it will empower you to fuel effective prayer. And certainly the video that we watched, that was just so beautiful. And the song, I can't see him, where's Devin gone? He's around here somewhere. Oh, just talking to Jesus. That really is at the core of it, just talking to Jesus. So, let's dive in. I'd like to pray before we begin. Father, I just thank you so much for already what you are doing here this morning. And we just say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Please use me to bring truth and edification and encouragement and empowerment, not from me, Kathy, but from you, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, from your throne room. Here we are, Lord. Fill us afresh. Let your will be done and your kingdom come, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we all said... So what exactly is prayer? The video did a great job, but I'm going to dig just a little deeper. There are many definitions of prayer in dictionaries, Bible dictionaries. They include things like solemn requests, asking for help, expressions of gratitude, and so on. When we study the patriarchs, the prophets, the kings, the major characters in the Bible, including the disciples, Paul the Apostle, and of course Jesus himself, they all have many things in common, but the biggest one that I can see is that they all had relationship with and talked to God. We know that in any healthy relationship, honest and open communication is key. And so the very purest definition of prayer is simply communication to and with God. Establishing a relationship with him built on faith and trust in him. It's really quite simple. He's our heavenly father. He's our Abba daddy. Father in the Hebrew is Abba and it literally means daddy. When we go to our daddy, he loves us. Even if you've not had an earthly father that's been a good example of a dad, your heavenly father is 100% reliable. Remember, at the core of him is love. Did he not say God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that so whoever, whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life? So he adores us and he longs to commune with us and to hear from us. So, now that we've established what prayer is, communication with God, here's another question, and a lot of people ask it. If God is sovereign, and he knows everything about us, he knows the plans that he has for us, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans that are good, not evil, to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. If he knows our words and our thoughts, that's a big one, even before they come out of our mouths, that's Psalm 139, verses 2 and 4, and if he promises to provide everything we need, Philippians 4, 6, why do we need to pray? Anybody ever ask that question? 
Why do I need to pray? He knows it already. It's a relevant question. It's an important question, especially for non-believers who are out there going, well, why do you pray? You're just waiting your time, wasting your time. You can kneel on the floor, you can hit the ceiling if you want to, but what's the point? I believe that within the answer to this, we'll understand a very important thing when it comes to our prayers, and that is our authority when we pray. It is so important for effective prayer. In his book, little plug, Intercessory Prayer by a man called Dutch Sheets. How many of you have heard of him? Anyone? Good. It's a very unusual name. Reminds me of making my bed. But anyway, Dutch Sheets. <laughs> he expounds brilliantly and shows that God's original plan through Adam was for Adam to have complete and full authority and dominion on earth. But... Through sin, through the fall, he effectively gave it all away. Yes, that's right. And this is even confirmed in Luke chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, where Satan says this to Jesus as he's tempting him. I will give you all this domain and glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I give it to whom I wish. Adam gave his God-given authority and dominion away. What's that got to do with prayer, Kath? Hold that thought. We know that from the time of the fall, God didn't abandon mankind, and he continued to communicate with his chosen people, and they with him. So again, why pray? In Dutch Sheets' book, he gives us a very clear answer. Now, it's a long one. It's going to come up on the screen, but please focus in on this because it's so important. Here we go. So complete and final was God's decision to do things on earth through human beings that it cost God the incarnation to regain what Adam gave away. He had to become part of the human race. Without question, humans were forever to be God's link to authority and activity on earth. God chose from the time of creation to work through humans, not independent of them. He always has, always will, even at the cost of becoming one. Though God is sovereign and all-powerful, Scripture clearly tells us that he limited himself concerning the affairs of earth to working through human beings. And so that is why we pray. John Wesley said, God does nothing on earth save in answer to believing prayer. Now, I've included this because I felt very strongly that Father God wants to emphasize this morning that we have the right perspective of who we are when we pray and what our position is before him. How do you see yourself when it comes to prayer life? Are you a wimp or are you a warrior? 
No matter who you are, how young or old you are, how long you have been a Christian, uh, here are some truths that I believe will build you up and encourage you in what God says about you and how that will impact your approach to prayer from here on today. Ephesians 2 verse 6 <coughs> says, He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated with Christ at the right hand of the Father. That's from the Passion Translation. Now think about that. Because when I first received the revelation of this, I thought, what? I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. I'm in two places at once. Remember that we are spirit. We live in a body and we have a soul. That's a good one to dig deeper into for some more research and understanding on it. But we are spirit. When we die, does our body go to heaven? No, we have to deal with it, don't we? Okay, but no, our spirit is instantly in the presence of the Lord in our, with our soul. But God says we are already seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Here's another one. <clears throat> James 5, 16b. And this is from the Passion Translation. For tremendous power is released through passionate, heartfelt prayer of the godly believer. Many of us have learned this verse and it says, the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective, or availeth much. Proverbs 15.2, the Lord doesn't respond to the wicked, but he's moved to answer the prayers of the righteous. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. These are just a few. Are you beginning to see it? Our prayers never have to be just hopeful requests of, well, we've exhausted everything, we've done everything. How about we, let's just pray about it. Well, we could pray about it. Well, we've, they've said this, they've said that. Well, let's try praying about it. Prayer should be the first thing that we do. I am grateful for resources, whether it's in business or education, which is my background, or in the medical profession. I am grateful, but he's the great physician. He's the great educator. He knows more about business than anybody on the planet. He's the best logistics manager there ever is and ever will be. Pray about it first. Yes, that's good. It shouldn't be a case of we've exhausted our, our options. No, we, you, every single one of you in this room, I don't care how old you are, how long you've been a Christian, you have authority. If you do not have a revelation of that yet, get it today. Because he's saying to you, don't you see who you are? When Jesus hung on that cross and he said, it is finished, it wasn't a, oh, my body's had it, get me out of here, Lord. It was a victory cry. We weren't there, but it is finished. He did everything for us. Wow. We are more than conquerors. That's what his word says. More than conquerors. You might not feel like it. You might have got pummeled by someone or a situation. You feel like you're on your knees, but you are still more than a conqueror because that's what his word says. 
Feelings are tricky things. They come and go, and they can be incredibly unreliable. But his word is the truth. His truth is infallible. It will never, ever change. Facts are facts. You may get a report, you've been laid off from work. Oh, gosh, what am I going to do? My God will supply all of my need according to his riches in glory. You got cancer. Tests are back. Okay, I hear what you're saying. But God's word says, by his stripes I am healed. We have to fight for what is ours. God's word says in Matthew, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. That's you and me. We live in a fallen world. We have to fight for what is rightfully ours. But he gives us everything we need. We have his word. We have the full armor of God. We don't have to pray long, complicated prayers. We can keep it simple and pray from our hearts. If you feel like your prayer life is not bearing fruit, then be encouraged. Realign your perspective, uh, your perspective of yourself to what God says about you. You may have had a life where people have said very negative things to you, negative things about you. And that's hard because you hear something long enough, you begin to think it. So what does he say about it? The creator, your creator, what does he say? He says you are more than a conqueror, that he adores you, he loves you, he gave his son for you, and he's provided everything you need. We have authority that's been given to us through Jesus. I love Jesus so much. I don't want to get out of bed without him. We can boldly believe that God will come through for us. So when, what, and how should we pray? Paul exalts us in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. He tells us to pray without ceasing. Whew, does that mean that I'm constantly praying nonstop all day? Practically, that may not be possible, although I'm sure there probably are people that are able to do that. This means that we abide in him. That's the theme, isn't it, of our series. We abide in him. We have our minds always on the things of God. To be constant in communication with him. So that every moment we have is as fruitful as possible. Now, if you think I'm painting a picture of some kind of perfect person and I'm like that, my husband can tell you a few stories. <laughs> I'm not like that, but I try. And certainly as I've got older, I found myself thinking more about the things of God and about heaven than ever before, probably because I'm a bit closer to it as my years go on, you know. But we can abide on Him, in him. The world pummels us. We are constantly being bombarded by news, CNN, constantly negative news and so forth. You know, I mean, it's just nonstop. But God wants us to abide in him. As we go about our daily lives, we can remember again what Paul says in Philippians 4, 6. And we've had this verse many times in recent months. Listen to it carefully, though. Be anxious, worried, for nothing. But God for nothing, but Lord, you don't know, for nothing. Is it easy? Is it possible? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, 
by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's threefold. Be anxious for nothing but with prayer, talking to Jesus. I'm just talking to Jesus. Supplication, believing that he will supply. Supplication. And then thank him. We forget that bit so often, don't we? God, I need you to da-da-da-da-da, please will you da-da-da. And off we go. Thanksgiving is like sealing the deal. Thank you, God, you're going to do it. His word says it. He's promised it. It's done. There is nothing that our God can do. I've got to tell you a little thing. When I was asked to speak this morning, I was thinking, Lord, what song should we sing to go with this? Instantly, Holy Spirit said, there's nothing that my God can't do. And then I thought, oh, should I call or text Pastor Devin and tell him, hey, can we do something? I thought, no, it's not my business to do that. They, they do a wonderful, wonderful job each week of listening to the Holy Spirit. I walked through that door at 7.30. Guess what I heard? There's nothing. God knows. <clears throat> the Apostle John writes, now this is the confidence that we have, that if we ask anything, According to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions we have asked for. 1 John 5, 14 through 15. His will is his word. His promises are true. We can use God's word in our prayers. It's the sword of the spirit of the word of God, which is mentioned in the full armor of God in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. And not only does God watch over his word to perform it, as we're told in Jeremiah 1, 12, but in Psalm 138, verse 2, and the first time I read this, it just blew my mind. It says, for you have magnified your word above your name. Listen to that again. For you, God, you have magnified your word above your name. Did you get that? God is saying that his word is greater than his name and therefore his reputation. So as we use his word in our prayers, in our requests, in our decrees, it's powerful. So powerful. I think God longs for us to use his word in our decrees and our prayers. He says, yeah, remind me. Remind me, if you, remind me of what I said. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe not quite that way, but you get my drift, you know. Okay, he's saying, yes, I did say that. So be it. In the beginning... When there was nothing, the world as we know it was out without form, the Holy Spirit was hovering over it all. I've just recently had a fresh revelation of this. Hovering over it all. And then what happened? God said, let there be. Holy Spirit. When we speak his words, it's powerful. Included in our prayers. 
It also helps us because sometimes we don't know. I don't know what about this situation. God's word says. It's the truth. We're speaking his truth. Sorry, this is a visual aid I used to use with my fourth graders. <laughs> it's the truth. Speak it. Pray it with confidence. Now, I mentioned decrees. I use them a lot these days. God's taught me about these in recent years. So what on earth is a decree? Strong's Concordance says that it is an official order issued by a legal governmental authority. Legal, that means it is the law. Yeah? So we have to follow the law. Father God, if you like, is the high chief justice judge. He is the king of kings, the lord of lords. He is the ultimate authority. And I think of an, of an envelope or a declaration that was done. What did they do? They put the wax on it and the seal. Jesus' blood is this, like the seal. Wow. So when we make decrees, what does that look like? Well, first... We can find scripture promises that apply to whatever situation that we are dealing with. And we can be confident as we pray God's word in our prayers and decrees that God will act. For example, I may make a decree as I did this week. I do them regularly in my prayers now. Our daughter Elizabeth was home from Texas. Um, she's working down there now. And she came up with some friends to take a horse back down to the facility that she's working at. She does therapeutic horsemanship. And so I prayed, because they were traveling overnight to take the horse back in cool temperatures. Father God, thank you that according to your word in Psalm 91, you say, and therefore I decree it, that you will command your angels concerning her. They will guard her in all her ways. They will bear her up in their arms, lest she dash her feet against a stone. And Jesus said, let us go to the other side. So thank you, Father, that she's going to arrive home safely. It's really simple, but it's so powerful. In Mark 11, 23 and 24, Jesus said, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. <clears throat> Excuse me. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, that little portion of scripture has been misused a great deal. Be clear, Jesus is not saying here, name it and claim it. Lord, I'd love a new car. <laughs> no, he's saying when we pray according to his will, which is his word, we can believe with 100% confidence. He's going to back it up because he watches over his word to perform it and he's magnified his word above his name. God's not a slot machine, but all his promises are good and true. Remember that need is not the currency of heaven. Faith is. 
So let's look at some practical applications for prayer in our everyday life. And please note that this is not a finite list, nor is it in any particular order. These are just some things that as I was praying, I was thinking, okay, that might be helpful, that might be helpful. First, remember that our Heavenly Father is our Abba Daddy. He's our Abba Daddy. And that the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. And through Jesus, you and I are righteous. When he looks at us, he doesn't see someone who messed it up half an hour ago with the words that came out of their mouths. No, he sees a son or a daughter that he loves. So, when we pray, here we go. Pray in faith, believing. No matter what we see in the natural, pray in faith. You may have a relative that is way off track. You're praying for them, and it seems like it's getting worse. Keep praying God's truth. Keep praying God's word over them. It is powerful. It's effective. Check your own heart attitude when you're praying. Please know that pride, unrighteousness, fear, and unbelief will hinder your prayers. They'll hinder my prayers. But remember that for the Christian, repentance is a way of life. I've blown it again, Lord. I shouldn't. Oh, I wish I hadn't said that to that woman in the store. I shouldn't have responded that way, Lord. Please forgive me. I am so sorry. Confess, repent. Press on. Psalm 103 verse 2 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins from us, our transgressions from us. Thank you, Jesus. And don't go fishing. The enemy will say, Ah, yeah, but don't you remember what you did the other day? Don't you remember what you said about her? What about that? Mm. The Lord doesn't go fishing. He just goes, What? Obtain some resources to help you if needs be. There are so many out there. This is a wonderful book, Dutch Sheets Intercessory Prayer, and I use these every day for uh, decrees. I'd be happy to show you later. Keep it simple. Use scriptures in your prayers and make decrees. As I've said, it's powerful. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. It says in Romans 8 verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he, Jesus, who searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he, Jesus, makes intercession for us. That's amazing. So ask him, he will help you. You could also use the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6 as a good template if you're beginning with prayer. Pray to the Father and in the name of Jesus. Pray in the Spirit. What does that mean? If you have the gift of tongues and you've received this, use it. And if you haven't and you'd like to know more about this wonderful gift, talk to myself or the pastors or any member of the prayer team and we'd be happy to help you and encourage you in that. Set aside some time every day. Consider keeping a prayer journal. Understand that Father always answers. Sometimes it's yes, 
Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's wait. And in the waiting, understand that there are many reasons why you're not seeing an answer straight away. It could be a number of things. A spiritual battle, the timing's not best for us. Our motives are not right. We need to ask God for keys of what we should be praying or insight. But realize as well that we cannot change people's minds. That's God's deal. But we can pray truth over them, to them, and for them, regardless of what we're seeing in the natural, and hold on tenaciously to the truth, white-knuckled if we have to, of God's promises for them. Remember that nothing is impossible for God. And sometimes answers to prayer takes years. My mother-in-law prayed for 30 years to see her husband give his life to Christ, and he did. He's in heaven now. Husbands, pray with your wives. Make a commitment to do that regularly if you're not already doing it. Even if it's only a few minutes per day at the start of the day. Even over the phone, Steve and I do that every single day, no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing. Pray regularly. Families, pray for and with your children. And that's regardless of their ages. If you're single, whether you're a young single or maybe widowed or or divorced or whatever, get involved. Don't hold back. We need your prayers. God needs your prayers. Make it a priority to come to our prayer meetings. They are every Wednesday, the last Wednesday of the month at 7 p.m. Come and get involved. Our corporate prayers for Bridge Church and its members, our community, state, and nation matter, and they have impact. Remember that every joint supplies the need, and we're all part of the body. Everyone's welcome. I promise you that our prayer meetings, for those of you who are in them, they are not boring. They're amazing. You're very welcome also to our prayer meetings at the start, or before the start of service at 7.30 in the morning on a Sunday. (laughs) And we need some guys to get involved. My hubby's the usual one there. Here's another tip. Don't get hung up on the amount of time you spend in prayer. The Lord is so gracious. Don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do, what you are able to bring. Coming to the end. Don't give up when things don't work out as you have been praying. And this is an important one because stuff happens. Bad stuff happens to Christians. People die prematurely. We've been praying for people that are seriously sick and they pass away or so-and-so's in an accident or it didn't work out that way. The enemy wants to wear you down. Remember, we are in a battle. And in battles, do people die? Do people get injured? Is there victory? Yes, as Christians, there's still victory. Remember, we are not God. He is. He is sovereign, and he knows better than us in all things. Some things we just don't understand, and we are not going to know why this side of eternity. But we don't give in. Romans, uh, three, uh, sorry, Romans 8, 28 states, He works all things together for good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Even the hard things even the excruciatingly painful, devastating things. We keep us our focus on him, 
we magnify him. Finally, know that as we are praying, we are not alone. Jesus is praying for us. He is cheering us on. Romans 8.34 says that Jesus is at the right hand of God and he is also interceding for us. We are not alone. There's so much more I could share, different types of prayer, intercessory prayer, praying in tongues, etc. and so forth. That's for another time. I very much hope that you've been encouraged, built up, more than anything now, have a fresh revelation of who you are in Christ when it comes to your prayers. Remember, the prayer is powerful. We're talking to Jesus. We're talking to our heavenly dad and his arms are open wide going, yeah, come on, come on. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Let me pray for you. Father, we just thank you so much for your goodness to us. Your word says to be anxious for nothing. But with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make our requests known to you. And your peace that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. We thank you that we are warrior people. We are more than conquerors. And every man, woman, and child in this building is righteous before you through the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you that our prayers are powerful and effective. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name.